Welcome to the podcast of Central Church. This is a recording of our monthly contemplative service. It has been lightly edited so you can participate wherever you're listening. Our contemplative service is a gathering wrapped around spiritual practice. Each month, we look at the writings and teachings of a different saint, mystic, or spiritual teacher within our Christian tradition. We hear a bit of their life story, and then we sit with some of their writings using a variety of spiritual practices. We encourage you to practice with us as you're listening, and may you connect a little deeper with the heart of God along with us. Welcome to our contemplative service. If you um, haven't met me before, my name's Carolyn. Most people call me Caro. And uh, we've, um, we, we do this style of service once a month, which is a lot more um, quiet and we do spiritual practice together and we just um, welcome the Spirit of God to connect with us as the Spirit does. So as we begin, um, I just want to invite you to bring yourself into this space to just be here. I don't know how you've come this morning. It might have been a manic rush to get here. You might have been ready and you're really present as you're here, but just take a moment to check in with yourself, with your body, with your heart. And how about we just take a deep breath in together and a deep breath out. Another breath in. Just begin to slow down, to slow your breathing down. Slow your mind down. Divine Spirit, we're in your presence this morning. We're in your presence all the time. Help us to become aware of what you're bringing to us this morning. Help us to become aware of what we're bringing to you. that in our gathering together this morning, there would be a beautiful exchange and a space of connection and belonging. I'm gonna read out a Psalm for us this morning. And so as I'm reading it, just keep, keep breathing, keep being still and let the words of this psalm wash over you. Psalm 
Psalm 147. Praise the Eternal One. It is good to sing praises to our God, for praise is beautiful and pleasant. The Eternal, architect of earth, is rebuilding that which was destroyed, finding the lost, gathering the outcasts. He binds their wounds, heals the sorrows of their hearts. He counts all the stars within his hands, carefully fixing their number and giving them names. Our Lord is great. Nothing is impossible with his overwhelming power. He is loving, compassionate, and wise beyond all measure. The Eternal One will lift up the lowly. Praise the Lord. Amen. We're at the beginning of another year with our contemplative services, and so we're going to um, just start this month with a more general um, kind of, uh, you know, I suppose, experience of spiritual practice. Um, when we began this service many years ago, um, it came out of a desire in me um, to learn about the spiritual practices that are present in our faith tradition. So for me, growing up in an evangelical and charismatic church, the kind of the practices I were, were given were basically have a quiet time, which was read your Bible and pray and perhaps engage with a devotional book that might help you along the way. Um, go to church, uh, serve, sing, tithe. I was sort of given, you know, a fairly standard box of spiritual practices that were there to help my faith. And it worked for a while doing those things um, until it didn't work so well anymore. And really in my late 20s and early 30s, I found myself feeling relatively spiritually bankrupt, um, a bit dry, um, empty, wondering, you know, Surely there must be more, I guess, to the spiritual life than what I was experiencing. And I'd pretty faithfully done all the things I was supposed to do. You know, like, not, I'm not a, I'm no spiritual giant. You know, I used to grow up hearing those stories of people who would wake up at 4 a.m. in the morning and, like, be with the Lord for hours. I was never one of those. But I was, I was okay. I did okay. Um, but I did just find myself, like, wondering, you know, I'm floundering, but I've done the things that I was told I was supposed to do. And, and I began reading, I suppose, because I love reading and I'm an avid learner. And I, I was reading books and they were mentioning these things that I'd never heard of before, like things like Lectio Divina and pilgrimage and practicing silence or centering prayer or the examine and all these different kinds of things that I was like, these words are foreign language to me. And 
I kept reading about these things, hearing people speak about these things. And the more I explored all of this, what I ended up feeling like was that there was this treasure chest in the basement of my faith that nobody had told me about, that there was all of this richness and goodness and it was like unknown to me. Um, but I discovered it and slowly started to, I guess, unpack a little bit about what was there. And as I, I began to do that, I realised I want to practise these things with people. Um, I, want to, I don't want to just do this alone. I want to do this with other people. Um, and so we started this service. I think it was, I think we did it in 2017, which is a long, feels like a long time ago. And we just started practising. And honestly, over the years, some of the things we did felt strange. I don't know about you. Has anyone, you've probably had a strange moment in our contemplative service. Um, there were things we did that kind of felt like they were, you know, we were dusting out things that had been locked away in some convent somewhere and giving it a go as Protestants. And it was, it was a bit bizarre. But along the way of, you know, doing this with you and also you know, incorporating some of these practices into my own spiritual life, um, something, something in me, I suppose, has changed. And these have what we do and what we practice together have become more than just, you know, a new set of practices. Like I, I chucked out my old evangelical quiet time and just replaced it with some kind of contemplative practice. It hasn't been like that. It's been these practices have begun to change who I am and the way I see the world and the way I engage. And so contemplative practice hasn't just been about something I do, but has slowly changed my posture um, towards all of life. And so this morning I thought we would just take a more broader look at the gift of contemplation and what it offers us. Um, because it's not just about the practices it's not just about doing different things. It's about becoming a kind of person that dwells constantly in the presence of the divine. So I have some quotes about contemplation. Sorry, Oren, I have mixed up the order of the slides, so I'm just going to make it fun for you this morning. So um, it won't be the next two. It won't be that. It won't be that. It'll be this. <laughs> Here are some... Um, quotes or definitions of contemplation. St. Gregory from the 6th century, 6th century simply talks about contemplation as resting in God. Walter Burghardt says contemplation is to take a long and loving look at the real. Richard Rohr says, Contemplation accepts that we cannot attain the presence of God. We're already totally in the presence of God. What's missing is awareness. And so a contemplative posture draws us towards that awareness. And in contemplation, we see life as the ongoing enjoyment of the love and presence of God. And so contemplative practice is not just something I do first thing in the morning or in reality, something I feel guilty about not doing first thing in the morning. Um, contemplative practice has become a whole way of being, a whole way of engaging with life for me. 
Um, and it's taught me many things and a couple of things that I have come to deeply value are that um, contemplation, there's a slide for this too, contemplation beholds reality as it is and it's possible to hold the good and the hard, joy and sorrow, faith and doubt at the same time. I can only come to God as I am. Everything else is fiction. I can only come to God as I am. Everything else is fiction. So however you find yourself here today, happy, sad, full of faith, full of doubt, wishing you were somewhere else, or just enjoying being here. The only thing that's real for now is how you are, not how you should be. And God doesn't want your fictional life. God wants you, all of you. This is something I've come to appreciate about the contemplative posture. And the other thing about contemplate, the contemplative worldview is that it's anchored in the now. This moment is all we have to experience the presence of God. Future tripping or past dwelling are futile because the love, the joy, the peace, the mercy and the presence of God is only available to us right now in this moment as we are here. So this morning we're going to practice a few different things that just help us enter into perhaps this idea of holding a contemplative posture towards life and towards the world, towards ourself. And we're just going to see what comes up from that. So Luke's going to lead us, first of all, in some Lectio. Kids, if at any point you want to leave because, you know, this is boring and I understand it's not designed for children, but you might just be really just rolling in the peace, which is fine. But if you would ever, if you would, there are kids hanging out up there and you can just... They're just playing games, so you're welcome to go up, but no pressure. You, you're very welcome to also stay. One of the things we, we aim to practice here among us is that you need to look after you. If that means getting up and moving, um, you need to move. If that means going and getting a drink of water, you're welcome to do that. If that means leaving and never coming back, you're welcome to do that. Um, because it's about where you're at. It's very hot today. Um, so if you need to find a fan, <laughs> if you need to go stand in front of a fan, you're very welcome to do that. So um, look after yourselves. And kids, you won't disturb us if you get up and move or do anything. That's fine. Okay. Thanks, Luke. Hey, everyone. Uh, if you haven't met me, my name is Luke, and my body has decided to look after itself by uh, uh, using some self-cooling mechanisms this morning. So. Um, I'm just happy to be able to share that with everyone. It's really nice. Um, now we're gonna we're gonna do a practice that we do probably every other, if not most of our um, contemplative services. We do Lectio Divina, and it's a really great practice that you can do on your own, and it's really meaningful on your own. But it also works really lovely in a group, in, in a way to take a bit of scripture or a text or something and just really sink into it. Um, and so, so Lectio Divina just means divine reading, really. It's, it's reading something and trying to listen to the voice of, of God that might be speaking to us through, through that. 
So, that, so that's what we're going to do. And I guess my, my encouragement to us is that it's not um, an invitation to um, academically analyze the text that we're looking at. It's an invitation to kind of read and listen and sink into the words and just kind of listen to what's happening in ourselves, how we're responding, how it makes us feel, what we feel might be the invitation or the, um, the voice of God, I guess, in, in these words. And we'll, we'll have a split of space to share that as well. Um, so uh, here they are. There's, there's kind of four, four stages, so we'll kind of go through each of these together. So the first one, we'll just read it. And I might get a couple of different people. We might read it out two or maybe even three times. And we'll just read it slowly and just kind of listen to the words, let it sort of sink in a little bit. Um, and then I'll probably just even just give us maybe a minute after that and we'll just focus on a bit that might be um, standing out to us or it might be a word or a sentence or just part of the passage and we'll just think about that for a bit and then we'll just share some of that together. So I'll, I'll kind of just roam around and if you've got any ideas or thoughts or feelings that have come out, we'll kind of just, you know, listen to the room and... Um, it's always just, yeah, quite amazing the, the wisdom that's in, in the room when we, when we share these things together. Um, and then we'll, we'll just have a, um, a short time of prayer where we just pray some really simple prayers um, that might just be acknowledging some of the things that we've just heard. Um, and then to finish, we just, we'll, we'll have a couple of minutes of silence just to meditate and reflect on the things that might have been stirring in us through, through that, whole, that whole time. So... Sound okay? Great. So we're going to be looking at a little passage from Merton, Thomas Merton today. So I don't know if there's uh, anyone that would be happy to read it out. It's just one slide's worth of stuff. We've got any, any volunteers, any readers? Terry? Yeah, great. Anyone, anyone else? Jill? Yeah, cool. Great. Oh, and Andrew. Sweet. Three. That, that sounds perfect. All right, I'll start over here. Thank, thank you, Terry. Contemplation is the response to a call. A call from him who has no voice and yet who speaks. In everything that is and who most of all speaks in the depths of our own being. For we ourselves are words of his. But we are words that are meant to respond to him, to answer to him, to echo to him, and even in some way to contain him and signify him. Contemplation is this echo. It is a deep resonance in the inmost centre of our spirit in which we are very, our very life loses its separate voice and resounds with the majesty and the mercy of the hidden and living one. Contemplation is the response to a call, a call from him who has no voice and yet who speaks in everything that is, and who most of all speaks in the depths of our own being. For we ourselves are words of his, but we are words that are meant to respond to him, to answer to him, to echo him in every 
and even in some way to contain him and signify him. Contemplation is this echo. It is a deep resonance in the inmost center of our spirit in which our very life loses its separate voice and resounds with the majesty and the mercy of the hidden and living one. Contemplation is the response to a call, a call from him who has no voice and yet who speaks in everything that is and who, most of all, speaks in the depths of our own being. For we ourselves are words of his, but we are words that are meant to respond to him, to answer to him, to echo him and even in some way to contain him and signify him. Contemplation is this echo. It is a deep resonance in the inmost center of our spirit in which our very life loses its separate voice and resounds with the majesty and the mercy of the hidden and living one. Great. So, yeah, let's just take a, a moment and just sit with this. So there might be something that's um, just stirred in you as you've read a part of this. And so I just encourage you just to, just to focus or maybe even repeat that section to yourself or let it sit with you for, for a moment and then we'll share together. great if people would be happy to share their yeah thoughts or what what's uh jumping out to them from this and we'll kind of just bounce around the room as as people share stuff anyone want to start us off um i sometimes find the thought of conversing with god i feel a weight of it like a responsibility or a you know a fear that he's going to put heaviness on me but I just, when I was reflecting on those words, I just saw this playful picture. And it's kind of like a dad and daughter throwing a ball to each other. And the conversation is kind of like that playfulness of, you know, the ball goes to you and then you giggle and then it comes back. And there's this connection in that conversation, but it's playful. Yeah, that's good. I think I love that part where it says we're uh, he's speaking in the depths of us and then that we're meant to do something like it gives us a kind of path forward of what are we supposed to do with this um, and the joy that we feel when we are in that place of responding and echoing and when we see that in other people's lives it's so there's so much joy when we see lives that are lived that way Thanks, guys. Anyone else want to? Got things that are jumping out? Thank you. Um, what 
struck me was it's a call from him who has no voice and yet who speaks in everything that is and then there but we are words that are meant to respond to him I think for me um, I'm not a nature person but I respond to words so I love reading and I love to see the words that come through from other people so that's the call for me um, and that responds to my heart. Yeah, thanks, Melanie. Yeah, I, I really, that jumped out at me the first time I read it too, that him who has no voice yet speaks to everything, because it sort of, it feels like a bit like that's my experience of God, like that sometimes like God just feels completely silent, but then also God feels very present sometimes at separate times sometimes at the same time but that sort of contradiction feels yeah very true for me Dave. hello 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 i i was dwelling on the echo 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 and I was considering that sometimes when we're calling out to God, that's what it feels like. We seem to call into a void and it's almost like we hear ourselves coming back softer and shallower and repetitive. And as I thought of the, the places of echo, the further you go into them, the less the echo is as you go into the valley, the echo is not there so much because you're in the midst of it and you don't have to focus on the echo coming back because you were in the place. For me, that was the space this morning. Thanks, mate. Um, some of the things that stood out to me perhaps was um, the deep resonance and yeah, maybe also him who has no voice. I, I sort of felt like we're musical instruments, perhaps the guitar in particular and God's playing the guitar and we're sort of the, the resonance or the voice of God, like we signify him. Um, so yeah, just, I don't know, he delights in us making noise that he's generated, I, I don't know. Yeah, I love that. That's great. Um, I also love to read, and I really like the part that says that, like, God who speaks in everything that is. And this is very specific, but... I've found that people in the past have said to me, oh, you're a Christian, why don't you read Christian books? But, like, I love, I don't like reading Christian books and I really like that God speaks through, like, like literature and art as well. Like, um, yeah, that's, I appreciate that. <laughs> yep. Yeah, definitely. That's great. Yeah, very good. Well, maybe let's um, just have a, a short time of prayer and so what 
what we like to do in this is just um, offer up some just really simple prayers that um, just um, echo, I guess, what we've just been speaking about at the heart of that, or maybe that might be thanking God for aspects of that. Um, I won't come around with a mic, but if you just, yeah, if you're f feeling like, yeah, offering up a prayer, that, then we'll, we'll do that together and then, then I'll close and we'll move into a, a short time of just meditating on those words again. Yeah, loving God, we yeah, do just thank you that you speak in all things um, and that you speak in and through us that we can resound with the word that is you. And so we ask that we would be aware of you in this world as we as we live our lives, as we go around, that we would, yeah, be able to see and recognize glimpses of you in each moment and in all people and in all things, Lord. Amen. So just for the next couple of minutes, there might be a, a even just one word or one sense or one idea that has um, just particularly resonated with you from this. So, um, yeah, I encourage you just to, to sit with that word. You might like to even just sort of breathe it or pray it for the next couple of minutes and just let it sink a little, a little bit deeper and then we'll close. going to turn our attention to something similar within the space of just practicing contemplation, practicing the way we bring ourselves to things and the way we see. And um, along this journey for me, I've come to realize that, um, yeah, living like this, living contemplatively, living with always in the awareness of God is, a, is something I bring to or can bring to everything that I do, not that I do, but like you can be in a doctor's waiting room and you can have a contemplative posture or you can be agitated. You can be going for a walk and you can be like monkey brained or you can be trying to live from that inmost center and the resonance of God that's there. Like it's, it's about a posture that we bring to all of life. And in a way, it's a way of being able to see things as they are. Um, and so we're going to take that little, we're going to practice what Walter Burghardt says about contemplation, which is contemplation is having a long and loving look at the real. A long and loving look at the real. Um, and we're going to do a little exercise in three different stages. And you're welcome to engage with this however um, you like it you know, make yourself feel comfortable. 
Um, and we're going to start by practicing this with something quite tangible. So on the table in the centre here, you will see that there's a whole range of bits and pieces of nature, unfortunately, no land. If you would like to instead choose a word, I empower you to ignore nature and <laughs> instead choose a word. I realised as I did that, I was like, oh, yes, this is very nature-based. But anyway, um, what you're going to do is you're going to come and choose something from the table. It's not, it's not deep. You know, you can just pick the, anything um, that jumps out to you from the table. And then we're going to just take two minutes where we are going to practice taking a long and loving look at the thing that we're holding. So we're just going to enjoy it and sit with it. Um, we're going to go slow. I want you to have a soft gaze towards it. I want you to accept it as it is. Um, to not judge the thing that you're holding, but just let it be. Just practice that, taking a long and loving look at what is real. Um, and so we're going to start there with something tangible, and then we're going to move into two other ways of doing that with our own lives. So come and, first in best dress, come and pick something up off the table. And then... Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. So I'm going to give you about two minutes, and I just want you to look at it. Take a posture of curiosity and compassion towards what you're holding. Take a long and loving look at something real. Keep a hold of what you have in your hand. But now we're going to do the same thing with something slightly different. So I would like you to just consider and pass your mind across the last day of your life, the last 24 hours. And I want you to think about or to bring to mind, to remember, um, something really good that has happened in the last 24 hours for you. Uh, might have been a moment of joy or deep satisfaction, might be a moment of peace that you experienced, it might be a meal that you ate, it might be laughter that you shared, it could be anything. Um, something in the last day that has been really enjoyable and I'm going to give us another two minutes of silence just to savour the moment that you're remembering. So I want you to do the same thing that you did with the thing in your hand. Take a long and loving look at what was real. Go into that moment, experience the peace or the joy again. Hold it, don't judge it, um, enjoy it 
And if at any time you find your mind wandering, because our minds do wander, just come back to the thing that you're holding in your hand and savour that again. Let's just take two minutes to take a long and loving look at something wonderful from the last 24 hours. Now the third little stage of this practice that we're going to do is um, we're going to each one of us choose something in our lives that feels a little bit heavier at the moment. Not something super heavy, just go for medium, medium weight. <laughs> um, but something that might have a little bit of grit to it in our lives, it might be a struggle we're going through, it might be conflict we're experiencing, it might be something within us, it might be something external to us, it might even have to do with somebody else but it's bumping up against our experience. And this time we're going to do two minutes again practicing the same thing, taking a long and loving look at what is real, knowing that God is in everything, God is with us in this moment. And we're just going to hold it. We're going to hold this thing that we're experiencing. And we're just going to allow it to be. We're not going to judge. We're going to show compassion and curiosity to this thing that's with us in life. And again, like before, if you find your mind wandering, just come back to the thing in your hand and open your eyes and look at it again and just center yourself. And let's just practice taking a long and loving look at another part of our lives. So... Just take a moment to consider that thing you're going to hold, something with a little bit of grit. And let's just take a long and loving look with God. Okay. Just coming back to the room. I'm going to give you a moment just to consider as you've thought and reflected and looked at those three things, the thing in your hand, the thing that you savoured, the thing that has some grit. I want you to just consider, is there any connection between those things that might be an invitation for you this morning? So just cast your mind back upon those three things. I'd love to hear um, anyone share their experience with that or anything that came up for them, maybe just from the one thing, it might be something to do with the connection between them, but I often think it's good for us to speak aloud the things that go on in the hidden places of our mind because they bring them a little bit more into the real, I guess. Um, so I'll go first, I'll share something. So I picked up this, um, it's a jacaranda pod. Um, 
which looks pretty dry and crusty and actually feels pretty dry and crusty. Um, and so I spent some time just thinking about that. But then as we got to the last section of just thinking about something with a bit of grit, like I, I know there's things in me that um, I don't love, that I'm holding at the moment. Um, just a part of who I am. It can be dry and crusty, you know. And um, I just am learning what it is to hold those things and not judge them, but to just go, okay, okay, so this is here. This is here. It's okay. Um, and, and then I, as I was thinking, I was like, this has seeds inside of it that have the potential to make a new jacaranda tree. And maybe the dry and crusty thing inside of me has seeds inside of it that have the potential for something new. I don't know. But when I'm not judging that part of me, it's allowed just to be and maybe find its place. And that, I think, just it does give me peace. It just makes me feel like, okay, it's not all about fixing, it's just about holding. And maybe in that, God is. So that was my experience. Um, does anyone else want to share? Thank you. I was, um, I was connecting the three experiences with um, this idea that the, the beauty is found in the detail and sometimes it's helpful to look right up close at the detail and not be distracted by other things. So I had like um, this flowering gum, which is flowered already. Um, so it's just sort of little pods really. Um, but as I reflected, uh, it's still so beautiful. There's so much beauty in it and detail and it's still actually quite gorgeous, even though it's not at its peak bloom. And then I was thinking about, you know, the, the wonderful experience I had yesterday. And a lot of it was about focusing in on the sensory detail of lunch um, and the company that was there at lunch. And it was lovely when I zoomed in and just really thought about the cheese and the bread and the conversation and the laughter and the bush and the greenery and it was just so lovely and then I was thinking about this hard thing at the moment and as I zoomed into the detail of it I could also see the beauty of those different perspectives in this particular moment and while those perspectives aren't aligning there's a bit of a clash they're all coming from these places that I could see beauty in them and so I guess for me it was sort of trying to not ignore the imperfection or not ignore the like the, the decay in some ways of things but also recognizing that there's a realness to the beauty that is present in the detail um, and that is also like a true and real thing that exists kind of all the time actually That's wonderful. Oh, Sue. 
Um, my special experience yesterday was the fact that I've been had a very heavy month and I could get into the garden again, <laughs> which was lovely. And then I saw the frangipanis on the table and I just love the smell of a frangipani. And I got there and they'd both gone. And so then I looked down the end of the table and there was this little folded up frangipani flower. So it was second best. And yet as I sat there and contemplated it, I realised there was great beauty in the second best. The little whirls that went round actually intensified the colour. And so that led me to my gritty experience and finding the beauty in the second best or the hard experiences. Of, yeah, and how that can definitely help. Sue. Anyone else want to share? Linda. I think mine's a little bit similar to Sue. I picked this because it's pretty and it's pink, which is one of my favourite colours. Um, but as soon as I started holding it, it started falling apart. <laughs> and I felt disappointed and frustrated that my object was deteriorating in front of me, um, which was not a great leap to my life, <laughs> which feels like it's deteriorating in front of me. Um, and so I guess the connection in the end was like the longer I'm holding it and every time I had to reflect back to this object, um, I recognised the strength of the stem and the structure and I suppose it was just a really very tangible reminder that even though the the thing that you that catches your eye straight away about this is actually falling apart but the substance of it is incredibly robust and very strong and resilient so I suppose it was very helpful. It's wonderful. Anyone else want to share? It's such a gift to be able to take a long and loving look at the real. Um, you notice things that in the busyness and the rush of life and our own minds and sometimes our own beings. We, we miss the richness that's present. We miss, miss the moments that God is waiting for us. As Richard Raw says, you know, we're always in the presence of God. The thing that's missing is awareness. And so I just offer you that simple practice this morning as a way of entering into the deeper things. It doesn't take long. That was six minutes of silence all up. I mean, I know we talked and but you can do that at any point and it will slow you down. It will slow your body down, it will slow your breathing down, it will slow your heart rate down, it will slow your mind down just to focus on one thing and it will open up the wisdom of the divine for your life, the wisdom of God that's present for us in different ways. So thank you for doing that with us this morning. And we're going to finish our service by just coming to the table. So. 
Luke, I'll hand over to you, and then we'll eat and drink together.